Should we be concerned about this upcoming Auburn football season? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy War Report Wednesday to all who celebrate as we are joined by Mike G of the War Report, and I gave Mike some homework. On today's show, we both will share a list that we made about five reasons to be concerned for this upcoming Auburn football season. We'll go in order. We'll start one, our most concerning reason, and we'll trail off to five. We'll wrap things up with our big picture takeaways from our list. But Mike G, my first one is Auburn's schedule is absolutely brutal. No matter uh, what kind of metric you look at, some folks rank it as the hardest schedule in college football. Some folks rank it as, I've seen as low as three, uh, depending on, you know, if you want to look at projected wins or wins from a season ago. It's tough. No matter how you slice it, it is tough. And it's just gotten even tougher with um, some of the bottom dwellers of the SEC West taking a step forward, like Arkansas, like Ole Miss, like Mississippi State. Um, kind of question marks around LSU, but people still respect them. Um, so, I mean, when you just look at this roster, or this schedule, um, it's absolutely brutal for the Tigers. Yeah, five straight home games to start the season is great for this schedule because after that, it is an absolute gauntlet. You, you're you at Georgia, you're at Ole Miss, you come home for Arkansas, yeah. you're at Mississippi State, you got Texas A&M, you, know, you got one cupcake in Western Kentucky before you play Alabama. The back half of that schedule is an absolute murderer. It's a gauntlet. Throw. It's a gauntlet. Yeah. And Mike so, G, uh, you know, an aspect that is super interesting to talk about and we talked about this for months last season and I'm sure as the offseason evolves and we look more in depth at the schedule it'll come up over the next month or so but that Penn State game like it was a year ago mm. I mean it's got such uh, an influence on the rest of the season potentially I mean if Auburn wins that at home it'll probably be a late Saturday night game it'll be exciting it'll be electric um, you get some positive momentum going forward. And if you lose it, I mean, it could be the opposite of that. And so I, yeah. I, I think that's going to be a big, big game for obvious reasons. Yeah, I agree, Zach. Uh, you win that game and there's a real possibility that Auburn could go 5-0 and to start the season. Right. And, and then over the back half of the season, you know, I kind of called out that schedule. You find out what kind of team totally. they really are. But having that positive momentum is, is going to be super important. So I agree with you on that one. Number one on my list is who is going to be the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, realistically speaking, um, your number one and my number one kind of go together. Uh, the schedule is hard, so you're going to need a good captain at the helm. You need a leader, you, right. Yeah, to get you through that gauntlet. And, you know, who they decide to pick uh, to, to lead the charge is going to be critical. And whether that person is ready and uh, to take over the job and, and get us there is going to be super important. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of this summer battle. We did not see Zach Calzada. Right. I did get some reports that he is firmly in the mix, working his ass off right now 
and, uh, to and win the job. Mike G, I think he practiced more in spring than they want us to know. I mean, talking For to sure. some of the players, um, I mean, a few of them flat out said, like, yeah, he's he's in 11-on-11 11 11 right now. He looks good. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's encouraging. Yeah. So um, I, I don't think he was just sitting on the sideline watching as much as we think he was. Absolutely. So, I mean, you're looking at that and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I've got Zach Calzada. Um, you know, I've got TJ Finley who knows the system. I've got Robbie Ashford, who I personally think no matter who wins the job, there's going to be a package for Robbie Ashford. You think so? Yeah, I think there's going to be a package for Robbie Ashford, uh, a situational package to be able to use him. He's too good. As a uh, runner? In certain, yeah, in certain situations, I think. And he can still throw. It's not like he's just a running guy. So you put him in there, and you could fool some teams in situational football where you put him in there and it looks like you're putting him in there to run and then he throws the ball down the field so I think you're thinking as if Gus was still the head coach I don't think ah. Har- I don't think Harson will do that and I don't mean that as a knock against Gus I think there is a place for that to be successful in the game of football but especially college football I, I think there is a way that you can put in a mobile quarterback to have a package to throw defenses off I, I think there is a role for it I don't yep. think Brian Harson will do it yeah it's yeah, yeah, I'm go. I'm I'm going. I, I don't. I hate saying I have inside intel. Ooh, <laughs> but uh, that is just based on conversations that I've had uh, with current players okay. and uh, people around the program. It seems like there's going to be a package for Robbie Ashford, no matter what happens this season. So I expect to see him on the field at some point. They may try him early in these first five games uh, to see what he can do. But yeah. uh, regardless of whether it's Finley or Calzada, I think you see Robbie Ashford at some point in the first five games. All right, my second reason to be potentially concerned about this upcoming season is there's a chance, Mike G, that the offensive line doesn't get better. They don't take that step forward like we're kind of expecting them to. Because look, we said this uh, this time a year ago. There was a lot of returning starters last season, Mm -hmm. and they got a little bit better in pass blocking, but run blocking left a lot to be desired. Um, we're having the same conversation again. A lot of these dudes coming back, does that mean they will be better? Because it didn't necessarily mean that last season. Right. Uh, yeah, listen, offensive line is is always going to be a concern. You can't block. If you can't run block, you can't pass block. You can't run offense, which leads me to my number two, which is run blocking. <laughs> Uh, so we're kind of in lockstep there. So like, yours I, is specifically run block. I guess mine. Run blocking. I guess mine is too because I just admitted that the pass blocking was fine. So I, I, yeah, we're uh, we're in tandem here. Yeah, there was a there was a misconception about pass blocking last season, and for a lot of reasons I don't want to get into. But ultimately, that unit pass blocked at an acceptable level in the SEC. They were the fourth best pass blocking team in our league by the numbers. And uh, some of the teams that finished at the top of the league were some of the worst at pass blocking. So what we need to do is we need to deliver a marginally better performance in pass blocking, but we need a substantially better performance in run blocking. Right. Or it's going to get tough. It's going to make pass blocking tough because when teams do not respect the run game, they tee off and they come after your quarterback. So you got to keep defenses honest. Run blocking is going to be a big part of that. If you can play smash mouth football up front, create holes for Tank and Jarquez Hunter and maybe even Damari Alston. And, uh, uh, you know, they have to respect it. It should help the O-line quite a bit. But it's going to start with run blocking. I I just think 
Spig. They were they weren't good at it last year. It was it was below average, and Tank's numbers suffered because of it. Yeah, and, and also I want to see them really find ways to be you know I guess an extension of the running game, and we we've, we've seen them throw it to Tank more across spring, and then there's been you know social media posts of Tank catching some balls and things like that. I think he's going to be more involved um, with that as well, and so that'll be uh, that'll definitely help the offensive line uh, a ton. All right, my next point is about the quarterbacks, but I worded it a little bit different than what Mike G did, and I'll tell you why in just a moment, but I got to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. Had a Built Bar this morning for breakfast right before I went to the gym, and it's delicious. It's so, so, I'm going to say it because it sounds a little weird when I say it, but it's true. It's fun to eat. I said it because I know how delicious Built Bars are and also how good they are for me. It almost feels like I'm doing something wrong, but I'm really not. So head over to built.com and you'll see all of the macros there. They've got a bunch of different macro charts for whatever kind of product you want to buy, but most of them um, are around 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four carbs, 17 grams of protein. It's crazy. Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mike G of the War Report. If people are not checking out the War Report, what are they missing out on? Ah, You're missing out on a lot of great interviews that we have going. So uh, Thursday, our Derek Brown interview goes live. So Derek Brown, former defensive tackle, uh, number seven overall pick in the NFL draft in 2020. Came on, sat down, and talked with us about uh, life after Auburn, life at Auburn, you know, uh, and gave his perspective on NIL as it stands for athletes today. So I appreciate him for sitting down to talk to us. But we got even more interviews coming. This is the time, right, where people have time to sit down and talk with us. So we're trying to give you guys that off-season content. Subscribe on YouTube. We're bringing you tons of it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, my number three reason uh, to be concerned about this upcoming season is that no quarterback steps up before fall camp. Because I think it's going to be really interesting. We talked about this in the spring. If there's three dudes still splitting the first team reps for the first two weeks of fall camp, I think that's bad. I think it's good for the competition. But at that point, you really, really need to start building up um, some quality reps and some chemistry, especially for Calzada, depending on how much time you missed. Um, with the rest of the starting offense. So I think the timing is very, very important. Yeah, to win the job in the summer, you have to put in a lot of work on your own. Yep. The 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 guys are out there, and, you know, a little tea on how it works at Auburn is, is that, you know, while coaches are not allowed to be, you know, out there, out there coaching, they know, assistants know, administrative staff know when you come into the facility to put in work. They chart all that. They keep track of the guys who are in there catching balls off the machine, you know, throwing passes in the indoor facility. They yeah. know who's working and who's not. So 
uh, for a guy to step up during the summer, it starts there. It starts with the work that you're putting in, going to grab receivers, going to throw, get on the same page with them. And then when fall camp starts, somebody's got to separate quickly. So going into fall camp, a couple practices in, you got to know who your quarterback is, I think, uh, because you got to start putting in installs for game one. And it's going to, you know, whoever's quarterback may affect what you install. So, yeah, it is it is concerning. But um, I think we're in a good spot. I think we have a deeply talented quarterback room. They all bring something unique to it. And uh, as long as the coaches can make that decisive decision about who the starter is uh i think auburn would be all right to start the season all right um, what's your number three my number three is play calling oh interesting um, i want to see what you see play calling as a concern uh, i think it was a concern last year and okay. i think that that's not in question uh there were some questionable play calls at critical times on fourth downs you know a, a critical third downs you know, oh, we should have run it here. We should have passed it here. We should have gone for two in the Iron Bowl. Uh, play calling. And, and I think that our coach, our head coach, is taking over play calling. So that doesn't make it more of a concern. It just makes it a point of interest. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think anybody would be fooling themselves to say that play calling isn't a concern based on what we saw last season. So uh, you, you fired your offensive coordinator. You promoted a guy that's been on, on your squad. And now – everyone's anxious about what that's going to look like. You know, a lot of people felt like we didn't give Tank the ball enough. Uh, we threw too much in certain situations. Uh, we know that Brian Harson wants to be a balanced offense. Right. But you have to also play to your strengths. So play calling, it's the script, man, that, that tells the story. That's how the story gets played out. And I'll be interested to see how they do. So I, I'm, I've got my eyes on play calling. Okay. I think that's a good one. My number four on this list of reasons to be concerned about the upcoming season is I think we need to be concerned that we there's a real chance that we don't use Landon King enough. Mm. You know how much I love Landon King and, and, and his upside. That is a hill that I am going to die on. Uh, okay. and, and I think just a combination of size and athleticism and his ability to um, high point the football, I think is extremely valuable. And I think you can move him around formationally and I think you can do different things with him and I I just think he needs to be a really really big piece of this offense yeah I agree my number four kind of goes in again in line with that and okay it's, uh it's downfield passing sure right the, the deep ball man how how are we going to push the ball beyond 15 yards down the field mm-hmm. Landon King may actually play, play a role in that so it, it's it, we've got to find a way to pass more effectively down the field so that defenses have to respect it. And that's going to make, you know, some room for our running game. But when linebackers cannot play downhill, just not respecting our passing game at all. So Landon King comes in, like you said, and starts making defenses think about guarding him. <laughs> it should help the, the uh, offense as a whole. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I've got my eyes on Landon King and that passing game, that downfield passing game. They moved him from tight end to wide receiver. Right. Uh, you know, I expect him to be ca- catching some routes over the middle, but it, it all works together, Zach. If Landon King is catching passes over the middle, if he's dangerous from zero to 15 yards, it makes room for those guys downfield. And, right? and also, one- I mean, going back to the play calling, like, if Harson's calling the plays, we assume he's going to try to achieve more balance, assuming the flow of the game allows him to do so. 
Mm-hmm. And I think an attempt of him doing that will involve formations where you see more tight ends on the field. And I think if Landon King becomes a threat in the passing game, just having him on the field, whether he's attached to the line of scrimmage or at, you know, at slot or even out wide, I think it makes defenses treat you differently. Yeah. Because if he's a threat and he does what I think he's capable of, I don't think you can put a corner on him. And so do you put a linebacker? Do you move a safety over there? Do you move your nickel over there? I, I, I yeah. think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how opposing defenses uh, choose to cover him. Yeah, he could be a matchup nightmare. Totally. There's no question about it. He could be a matchup it. nightmare, so hopefully we use him as such. All right, my fifth reason coming up has to do with inexperience at a certain position. It may not be the position that you think it is. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rock Auto is the place to save money and time when searching for auto parts um, for your car, truck, or SUV. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts uh, that a chain storefront is just going to order or, or dealership? rockauto.com has you taken care of. And look, they're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. They're right, Locked On Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That is at rockauto.com. All right, we both got one more item on our list. My fifth reason to be concerned about the upcoming season for the Auburn Tigers, Mike G, is experience at the linebacker position. Mm. Um, and, and I think I feel this way really because of Owen Papo and just, you know, is he going to be fully healthy in his return? Um, I mean, that injury has really kept him out for a long time. And, and I understand that being you know, cautious, and that they can be because Owen's experienced as he is. But Cam Riley's not. And I think Cam Riley's going to be a really, really good player, but it's not a given. Like, he has to go out and earn it. Um, and I think he has a chance to do that. But after that, I think it's interesting. Wesley Steiner is a guy that I think we would have seen more of at, at this point of his career. Like, when he committed, a lot of folks were really, really excited about his athleticism, and we just haven't really seen him. There's, it's, it's, there's been a log jam at the top. I mean, Auburn's been deep at the linebacker spot for years. And so it's tougher to get playing time there than it used to be. And then, you know, Eugene Asante transferring in. Is that a fit? Is he going to see the field? So I, I do think there's questions about the linebacker room. I think they're going to be solid. And I think they're going to get help with their defensive front in front of them. Um, but still, I, I think it is a question. Yeah, I agree. I like that we got Eku Leota back. I think sure. that was a uh, that's going to be big. Uh, ultimately, a lot of a lot of tackles left with Zacoby McLean, <laughs> a lot. So you got to fill all those tackles, and you know it took us uh, eight of these between the two of us before we got to a defensive concern. <laughs> um, you right. know, for, so I agree with you. I think I think anytime you lose as much experience in one player as you did in Zacoby, and we saw he he changed the complexion of that defense. Like we couldn't stop Georgia state in the first half and Jacoby came back and then all of a sudden they couldn't do anything. Right. So he was definitely an impact player for me. My last one is just going to be past defense. Okay. At times teams carved us up through the air 
And, um, you know, there, there are reasons for that lack of a pass rush, just letting quarterbacks kind of sit back there. But we struggled in pass defense at times last year. Even with a lockdown corner, we had holes elsewhere on the field. It just seemed like uh, at times, you know, quarterbacks like Will Rogers and, you know, Bryce Young in critical moments carved up our secondary near the end of the game. So yeah. I want to see what kind of adjustments we make there. We got the number one Juco and the number one, no, number one Juco safety and the number one Juco corner right. to come in to help bolster that room. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett, I expect to see him, you know, take some steps here. Word on the street is he's the fastest guy on the team. Pritchett? Pritchett is the fastest guy on the team. Multiple players have told us Pritchett has got burners. I love so, that. You know, we've got uh, speed. Um, you know, we've got experience back there. Like, there's a lot to fill with uh, with uh, Roger McCrary leaving. But ultimately, uh, I saw I saw a tweet that said that Roger, like coming out of high school, he was like ranked 800th in the country or something. Right. You know, and he was the first pick in the second round, or you know, he was the 35th pick overall. Yeah, he was early. I, right. Yeah, and I just think, you know, is is there another guy that can step in and fill that role and help Auburn? play better defense down the stretch back stretch of games yeah yeah and uh to me it's jalen simpson um i I think he's going to be really really special this season i think he's going to be a top three draft like a top three round draft pick next Mm -hmm. year um just because i think he's going to test really well and i think he's going to do enough um both outside and in the middle of the field i think he's pretty versatile and so yeah jalen simpson's my guy i think i think you can certainly make an argument for pritchett think you can make an argument for Keontae Scott. I think his mm-hmm. timing and when he's going to come on campus is going to hinder him a little bit. Um, but he's got all the upside in the world too. And so um, Osbury down the road, not this year, but I think that's another name to look at. I think Auburn's going to be good at the cornerback position for a while. Then, of course, DJ James, the transfer from Oregon. So yeah. Auburn's going to be fine at corner. I think it's just kind of figuring out who meshes with the scheme the best and the quickest. Yeah, Jay Fair told us that DJ James is also in that group of fastest guys on the team. Okay. As well. That's not so, really I mean, his play style, so that's interesting. Yeah, they have burners. Yeah. Um, you know, I have multiple people tell me how fast DJ James is, and I, I'm excited to see it. When you've got that much speed at your disposal, especially, you know, in the defensive backfield, mm-hmm. it it gives you, you know, it gives you some flexibility in what you can do if, if receivers can't get behind your corners and your safeties and having guys who can make up ground uh, when they're beat and knock balls down is going to be super important. And and the pass defense should um, help bolster a defense that I think has a chance to be really good this year. If we can add a pass rush to what we already have, you know, some of, some of the struggles in pass defense were about lack of a pass rush, leaving our corners on an Island, you know? So if I had a five B it would be pass rush, but like, I get that. Yeah, I we'll get see. that. I think the pieces are in place for a pass rush, though, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, you mentioned Aku Liotta, who's an absolute unit, him coming back, and then obviously Derek Hall returning and, and Colby Wooden. So I, I think Auburn should be good there, Marcus Harris as well. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, hey, for, for those watching or listening, what are you most concerned about with this upcoming season? Let us know. Either comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're uh, listening on audio, you can uh, tweet at us or... Um, let us know in the Discord. I'm sure people will be talking about it in Locked On Auburn Discord. We'll put that link in the episode description 
down below. Mike G, how can people find you and watch you and support you guys? Hey, listen, just search The War Report on any social media platform. We're there. Go to YouTube, type in War Report, hit that subscribe button. We got tons of content coming for you guys over the next few weeks, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out our friends at Locked On SEC, Chris Gordy, doing a great job over there. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. See ya!